Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm China. Today is the 17th day of November. Welcome. So great to be here with you today. Welcome. Today we are continuing in the Book of Acts with chapters four through six, continuing on with the New International Version for this week. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put him in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to be about five thousand. The next day, the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Anas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John. Alexander and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them, and began to question them, "By what power or what name did you do this?" Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, "Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this: you and all the people of Israel." It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. That is the man's, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Then he saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin, and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men? They asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. And they called them in again and, and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, "Which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to Him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard." After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them, because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over forty years old. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God, Sovereign Lord. They said, "You have made the heavens and the earth and the sea, and everything in them." You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against His anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand and to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. 
After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in in them all that there was no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife, Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Tell me this. Is the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, How could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. That moment she fell down at his feet and died. And the young men came in, and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats, so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns of around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in public in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go, stand in the temple courts, he said and tell the people all about this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they had been told, and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported, We found the jail securely locked, with the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were at a loss, wondering what this might lead to. 
and someone came and said, Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in his name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamil, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin, Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do with to these men. Some time ago, Thutius appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, all his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people to in revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin, rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. In those days, when the numbers of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles, who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the province of Sicilia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen, but they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. 
than they secretly persuaded some men to say, we, ha- we have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witnesses who testified. This fellow never stopped speaking against the, this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. And all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and I saw that his face was like the face of an angel. I kind of have this internal running joke with the book of Acts where it is almost like the where are they now episode uh, with the disciples and really just because it is it is like a where are they now what are they doing what's going on and what are they putting into play and how are things going for them and so we see a little bit of their lives seeing you know they're they're in prison already you know in the couple chapters we read in today's book they're already in jail and this is what Jesus told them was going to happen. Like the the world hated me before it hated you. And it wasn't a, hey, like in case this happens, here's some, here's some like good advice or here's like what to do. It's Jesus said when this happens. And so here's all the things that Jesus prepped them for, all the things he commissioned them to do. We can flip back, not that far back to where Jesus was commissioning his disciples where he was telling them things that they really needed to hold on to and i'm so glad that they wrote them down because here they are putting them into play and so to me really what that highlights and for me is when the lord is giving you instruction it there's value in writing it down whether it is in your phone or in your journal um like i understand the verbal processing i'm for sure a verbal processor but to write it down because you never know who or how it's going to benefit. And you may be the only person that it, that it benefits. But the truth and the reality is, is that there's so much value in writing what the Lord is saying to you. And you can go back and even see, wow, remember when the Lord spoke this? And then three months later, I really needed that. That's the goodness and the kindness of his character. And That's something that we see is the truth in today's reading. And so, Father, I thank you that you thought of everything, truly everything, how safe and good we can feel that we can rest in your presence, knowing that you, you know us and you see what we need long before we even see what we need. You know what we need before we even know what to pray. And uh, God, I just thank you for that. And I thank you that we see that in your people's lives, in their words, in their hearts. And uh, I'm just so thankful that there's something in your word for all of us, even all these years later. God, I thank you that these men even thought to ask, Lord, would you give us the boldness to pray your word uh, or to speak your word? And I pray that we would ask for that same boldness, that same level of faith to be open and honest about what you're doing in our lives, whether we're proclaiming it to our spouse in the car or like what the Lord's doing in our lives that increases their level of faith or a friend or a coworker or someone that we don't even have a great relationship with that we just feel compelled to share what you are doing in our hearts. And it doesn't have to be 
a scripted thing or it doesn't have to be cheesy. It can just be on the spot and from the heart. And I just thank you, Lord, that you are in all of that. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So today is one week from Thanksgiving. How is it that we are already here? I'm excited. I hope you are feeling good about it. Um, And if not, may the peace of the Lord be with you today and forevermore. I know that the holidays can be so much. And I just pray that, you know, you realize that something other than stress could be chosen and that you could be a carrier of peace wherever it is that you are walking into. Um, So I want to say that. So last year, I stepped out to be a mom. I had my daughter, Reagan, and she's actually in the office with me right now. And she's putting her little finger to her mouth going, shh, baby, gotta be quiet. (laughs) She just said that the other day. Um, But so she's, she's here with me. Um, so I had to step out last year to, to really focus on all things mom and parenthood. And um, yeah, that was, that was necessary. So my mom had the idea last year to go through, you know, how did the Bible transform your life and how is it transforming your life? And, um, and so you guys called in and you shared and it was compiled into a beautiful podcast around the Thanksgiving time. And so we want to do that again this year. So you can call in starting today and um, we're going to accept calls all the way through the 23rd, I believe, um, which will be next Wednesday. So here's a couple of like ground rules real quick. There's just two. Uh, number one, if you have prayer requests and you want to call in about how the Bible transformed your life, make them separate calls um, or else they're not going to get played. There's just going to be so much um, uh, people who want to call in and to share it. And uh, we love that. We love that. We want to hear it and um, the production of it. It just takes a long time. And so um, we're just asking that you make those calls separate. So if they are combined, they will not be played. Um, so we want you to call in and say, Hey, this is how the Bible transformed my life. And, um, so we want to hear that. And so that we can hear everybody's calls together. We're asking that you keep it to a minute long. I know that that is tough. So maybe try to do a a couple trial runs. Um, you know, sometimes it's like, I'm a verbal processor. So I send my friends voice texts all the time. And sometimes I'm like, okay, that one took me six minutes to say this. I wonder if I could say this again, more concise now that I've processed this all out. And so I'll like erase that one and I'll send a new one and it can come out in like two and a half, three minutes. And I'm like, okay, okay. I think this is good. So maybe do a couple trials and get it to where it can be right around that minute mark. And, uh, and those will get played and there will be a really beautiful, um, so like my dad with the Daily Audio Bible, there's a Christmas, um, DAB Christmas episode. And so my mom had the really great idea last year to do how the Bible has transformed your life and to do it around Thanksgiving. So we're going to do that again this year. So just those two things. If you have a prayer request and you want to call in um, and share how the Bible has transformed your life, make sure there are separate calls and um, keep it at a minute mark. So you can call at 800-583-2164, or if you use the app, you can record through there 
and send it in as well. And uh, those will get played. So super excited. And uh, I cannot wait to sit down and hear your stories and uh, feel like we're all going to need to have a, I would say Kleenex, but I feel like towel will be more appropriate. (laughs) Um, But yes, I'm very, very much so looking forward to that. That is all for today. I'm China. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Good morning. This is Callie in Missouri, and I'm calling in to um, ask for some prayer and also just kind of um, report on something (laughs) that happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I went on a yoga retreat to Mexico, and it was way more um, new age mysticism than I thought it would be. And I was with a small group of seven people that I didn't know other than the host And I really had to make a stand in my mind for a lot of things that were going on at the retreat, um, a lot of their ceremonies that parallel um, Christ teachings, but they are not Christian teachings. And it was such a small group, I wasn't able to leave or say, um, I don't want to be a part of this. And so I I was so grateful that I had the word in my heart, in my mind, in my soul, the word of God, so that I could focus on those things when we were doing um, non-Christian parallel ceremonies, if you would call them, uh, you know, to the moon and those kind of things. So I'm just so grateful for this community. But going forward, I just ask for a prayer that I would continue to have discernment, that I would continue to see what is true and that the way is forward with God's word and not through mysticism. Um, Yoga is just simply moving my body for me and I enjoy that part of it, but I don't want all of the other um, things that go along with it in their teachings. So I'm just grateful. Hey, Dab C, it's Brady from Northern Virginia. Hey, called back in September and asked for prayer for my friend Dale, who was recovering from COVID, but was in hospice. He did go home to uh, be with the Lord, and I uh, give thanks and praise and glory to our Lord and Father, who uh, loves us, takes us from our uh, suffering, and puts us in a perfect body, and, and Dale is, is living that life with our Lord now. Thankful for those of you that uh, that prayed for uh, for Dale, and I'm thankful for this community. What a wonderful community to be affiliated with, to be to be part of. God bless you. Good afternoon, my DFC family. It is Lady of Victory at 121 on the 12th of November, Saturday afternoon. Miss Tammy, thank you so much for your call and um, your concern for me. I appreciate that so much and I am so sorry that you are experiencing what you guys are experiencing, you and your husband. Um, But just as Lady Jill was reading today in Matthew and Mark about the sacrifice that Jesus um, made when he gave up his life for us, I don't know why we have to experience the things that we have to experience 
other than I know that it's for purpose, on purpose. And our job now is to just trust him, even through our pain, even through our tears, even through our sicknesses. We have to trust him and to thank him that he trusts us enough to go through whatever this is that we have to go through in life and that we are to strengthen our brethren um, as God brings us through. And so, God, I pray that you would heal your daughter and your son, God, from this sickness and this dis-ease in which they are experiencing in their bodies. God, I pray that you would somehow show your glory in their lives, God, and bring about a miraculous healing. And just as my husband's saying, there's nothing too hard for you, God. We know that you can do it. You raise people from the dead. You heal blinded eyes. So what we're asking you is not something that's far-fetched. God, it's well within your reach. God, but we just ask that your perfect will be done and established, God. And if you choose not to heal, we ask that you would give them the strength to go through as good soldiers as only you can do. And we thank you in advance for your perfect will being done and established in Jesus' name.